Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Father Trevor. I read a story this week about a man named Ted and his girlfriend, Janet, and they were a few years apart in age, and so he finished college and got a job in a different town. And every year he would come back on Valentine's Day, and Ted would ask Janet to marry him. And every year she would say, no, not yet. For seven years, as they were in different towns and different places, he would come back on Valentine's Day, they'd go out to dinner, and he would propose. Finally, one day, they're both living in Dallas, and he takes her to the nice restaurant on Valentine's Day. He's going to propose again. But before he can, she lifts a gift onto the table. It's a box. It's wrapped. And she opens it, and in it, she has cross-stitched. So she sewed a little circle, and in it, it says, yes. That year, she was ready, finally, to accept the invitation. uh, Ted had gone back and back, over and over, inviting again and again, never forcing, never coercing, but continually inviting her into deeper relationship. And that's a little bit like what we saw Jesus doing in those three different gospel passages we read today. He keeps inviting over and over into deeper relationship with him, into following him more deeply. He never forces, he never coerces, but he always comes back to invite us into deeper relationship with him. And we see across those three different little sections, those three different passages across three of the Gospels, a kind of progression, a pathway starting from very little commitment. Just come and see, come check it out, into actually an ultimate commitment, a a maximum, a complete commitment of come and lay down your life to follow me. From come and see, to come and follow, to come and die, we see a disciple-making pathway that Jesus invites us along. So I want to look at that pathway this morning, and I want to look at ways that we've sometimes in our own lives can disconnect that pathway as we think about what it means to follow Jesus and to be disciple-makers. So let's start with the Gospel of John. It was John 1. And in the Gospel of John, this phrase of Jesus, when he says, come and see, it's actually the first conversation he has in this Gospel. It's one of the very first things he says. There's people interested in following him, and he says, come check it out. It's like the lowest bar of commitment. Nothing to sign on to, nothing to promise to. Just come and see what it would mean to follow Jesus. Jesus was okay with people, before they fully committed, getting to know him, seeing what he was all about. He had clear beliefs and clear practices that he taught, but he let you kind of come in and see, and that's what kind of church we want to be too. We have beliefs and practices that we teach and we live together, and our leaders are committed to those, but anyone can come and see what it is Jesus taught. 
and how it is that we practice that. Anyone can come check it out. You can be a doubter. You can be a skeptic. You can be burned out on religion and church. You can, you can be someone who's curious. And there's a place for you here to see, and to come and to see. We don't ask you to sign anything or say anything or sing anything or sacrifice anything. We don't force. We don't coerce. Just like Jesus did. But Jesus doesn't stop there, does he? He keeps inviting. Come and see, and then come and follow. And that's that passage from Mark. And throughout Jesus' ministry, as he brings these followers, these disciples along with him, he keeps upping the ante. He keeps turning up the heat on what it means to follow him. If you want to follow me, then you have to obey my commandments. If you want to follow me, then you must bear fruit. If you want to follow me, then you must continue in my word. If you want to follow me, then you must love one another as I love one another. He keeps teaching not only the belief, but the practice of following him. And then he eventually gets to, and if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross. You have to give up your life in order to follow me. Now that's about as different as you can get from, yeah, come check it out. Starkly different to, yeah, come lay down your life. Come make the ultimate sacrifice. We start by seeing who he is, what he teaches, how he practices, what he, he believes. And then we start to realize that to follow Jesus, we have to go where he goes. And we have to do what he does. If Jesus is the one who makes disciples, then to follow him, we're called to make disciples. What does it mean to take up your cross? Well, we, we use that phrase in, in different ways, and I think we can apply it to different things. You know, I, I've got a cross to bear. I'm going through something difficult. I'm going through something challenging. I think that's true. I think we can apply it to that. But I think the center of what he's saying, we have to put ourselves kind of in the place of those first disciples. Because Jesus told those first disciples, go and make disciples. And then in order for them to follow that teaching of Jesus to do what Jesus did, they all had to give up their life. They gave up what they were doing. They gave up what they had planned to do with their lives. And many of the disciples gave up their lives because they were persecuted and then executed for making disciples. When Jesus says, take up your cross, he's asking us, he's asking us to make our mission his mission. He's asking us to make our life about what his life was about. Jesus says, follow me and I'll teach you to be fishers of men. I'll teach you to catch people. I'll teach you to make disciples. And when we die to ourselves, it's the life of Jesus that comes alive in us. The life of Jesus, the disciple maker, that comes alive in us. That's the disciple making pathway. To fully follow Jesus, we become people who are inviting other people to fully follow Jesus, to come and see, to come and follow, to come and die. But often in our lives, there's a disconnect, isn't there? There's some disconnect on this, on this highway, on this pathway. And if you've been around churches, or if maybe you've known someone who's been into church, um, we, can, we can create disconnections. Here's one type of disconnection we create. We create a disconnection between what we call discipleship, or spiritual formation, 
or catechesis or adult education over here from evangelism and mission over here. We think of them as two different things. But you can't separate the two. Because what is discipleship except learning to be a disciple maker, like Jesus? And what is spiritual formation except being formed into the image of Jesus, the disciple maker? And what is adult education or confirmation or youth catechesis or any of these things except learning to believe and practice what Jesus believed and practiced, calling people to follow him into his kingdom, into his life. Jesus is, at the same time, so personally, intimately inviting each one of us, inviting you and inviting me to follow him. It's completely personal. He died for you, our Eucharist liturgy says. And for me, but then through us, he invites us into his mission of making that personal invitation to everyone to come and see and come and follow and come and die. Our being fed by communion and by the word of God, our growing, our being formed, is so that we can know and love and be found in Jesus. And so that others can know and love and be found in Jesus. You can't separate those two things. Here's another disconnect. We sometimes think that disciple-making is only for certain super-Christians. Disciple-making is what the professionals do. The professional pastors or theologians or professors or writers, they're the ones who make disciples. Um, you can't teach someone else until you yourself have the black belt, right? If you've got a purple belt, you can't go teaching someone else, right? But here's the, here's the thing that Jesus does that he models about disciple making. How do you become a disciple maker? How do you become a disciple? Well, by making disciples. That was his plan. His method of training his followers was by saying, okay, you've watched and seen what I've done for a little while. I mean, we're talking a three-year training period for these folks. Now go do it, and we'll talk about it. He sent people out. So we become like Jesus by doing what Jesus did. We do learn beliefs. We learn practices. We study the Word of God. But before we think we're remotely ready, He sends us out. And what we find is that out in the harvest... We're there not because we've attained a certain level of proficiency, but because he has sent us and that he will, by his spirit, give us everything we need to do everything he's asked us to do. Three years they were his disciples and almost immediately, far sooner than I'm sure they would have liked, he sends them out two by two into the towns. And he says, you've seen me preach, heal, cast out demons, call people to follow me. Now you go do it. To be a disciple is to make disciples. And we learn to make disciples by making disciples. You know, there are a lot of ways to make disciples. In your home, in your work, in your neighborhood, 
through your gifts, through your personality, through your calling. There are a lot of ways to make disciples, and we'll be talking about that in the coming weeks at our disciple-making retreat, in our groups, on Sunday mornings. And it's exciting to see already so, so many of us at City of Light doing this work in our families and in our communities and at our workplaces. But you know what? There are also a lot of ways to do things that look religious that don't make disciples. There are a lot of ways to make disciples, but there are a lot of ways to do things that look religious that are not about making disciples. You can come to church and not make disciples. You can even read your Bible and pray and not make disciples. You can study theology and liturgy and church history. You can have emotional experiences in worship and not make disciples, not really give your life fully to make Jesus' mission your mission. Now, when you give your life fully to make Jesus' mission your mission, you'll need to do it in partnership with your church community by studying the Bible, in prayer, in worship, in learning and practicing. But toward what end? See, we've in some ways, disconnected following Jesus from doing what he did and making our lives about what his life is about. Maybe some of us, maybe we need a redefinition of what it means to be a disciple. But to be a disciple is to make disciples. That mission, evangelism, inviting people to come and see, and inviting them to come and follow teaching them how to read the Word of God, teaching how to pray, teaching how to give up our lives and make this our calling, are not optional add-ons for super-Christians, but are the center of what it means to follow Jesus in this life. Preacher uh, Charles Spurgeon from a couple uh, centuries ago wrote this, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. You can add disciple maker in there for missionary. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about teaching people to follow Jesus. Continuing his quote, you either try to spread abroad the kingdom of Christ or else you do not love him at all. It cannot be that there is a high appreciation of Jesus and a totally silent tongue about him. The person who says, I believe in Jesus, but does not think enough of Jesus ever to tell another about him is an imposter. Why? Because we have a missionary God, a God who comes to us out of his love for us. We have a missionary God who sends a missionary son, who gives a missionary spirit to a missionary church. It is who we are, and it is because God loves us and wants to invite us into his kingdom mission, into what he is doing in the world to set the world right, to take our sin and our brokenness and our darkness and transform it into new life in him. He wants every one of us to experience that, and he wants everyone who has not yet experienced that to experience it through us. And so Jesus keeps inviting. 
he keeps proposing again and again and again. Will you follow me? Will you give your life to follow me? And again and again, we're invited, never forced, never coerced, never guilted. We're invited to be with him, to give ourselves more deeply to work with him side by side. I can think back on specific moments in my life where I had to make a decision like that, a decision to die to self, to follow Jesus and his mission in the world. I can think of seasons in my life where the Lord was working that in me. One that came to mind was a few years ago when what I wanted to do with my life in order to serve the Lord was be a worship pastor and have a great band and do arts uh, in the name of Jesus and for him. And then the Lord said, over a course of a season, that's not my plan for you. And I had to decide, which mission am I going to follow? Am I going to make my life about what Jesus' life was about and where he's calling me to be? And as I was thinking about that, I remembered a uh, person that I knew when I was a junior higher. So imagine junior high Trevor, and my family had just started going to First Baptist Church in St. Clair, Michigan. And one of the first Sundays when I walked in, this large man, his name was Ron, came up. And he was tall and a bodybuilder, so he was broad, and he was head to toe in leather because he was a Harley Davidson motorcycle rider. And his hair was back in a ponytail, and he came up to me, and he shook my hand with probably two uh, more grip than necessary. And he had a big smile on his face. He said, do you love Jesus? I would go to his Sunday school class, and he took us through the book of Acts, and it was so in-depth, and we studied it, and we, we practiced it, and, and it fed us, and he was so excited about the Word of God and how it was changing his life. He used to go around to different churches and community groups and do a weightlifting demonstrations. So he'd like deadlift a lot. It was like more than I could imagine, so I, I don't remember how much. It was just like, how in the world? Um, and he'd have like six of us try to lift it, and you know, we couldn't. And then he'd come and he'd lift it. And then he'd tell his testimony about the life he had lived and about his loneliness and his suffering as he tried through sex, drugs, rock and roll, motorcycles, everything he could think of to fill the hole in his life. But how Jesus came and invited him to come and see and come and follow. And he said yes to Jesus and it changed his life. And he said Jesus took the weight of those four decades of his life and he lifted it off of him. And people would come and follow the Lord. And I remember one Sunday he came to church and he hadn't ridden his Harley. And we all were like, Ron, where's your, where's your bike? And he said, Jesus asked me if I loved him more than I loved my bike. And I chose Jesus. That bike had been with him his whole life. He'd done so many things. He'd traveled back and forth across the entire nation. He loved riding his bike. But he wanted to make his life about what Jesus made his life about. 
a little while later, he came to church one day on his Harley. And we asked him, you're riding your bike again? He said, yeah, Jesus said I could have it back. Jesus asks us to give him everything. To give him our lives. To give him our time. To give him our money. To give him our our work life, our private life, our sex life, every part of our life. He asks us to give it to him, to die to ourselves, to make our lives about what Jesus' life was about, inviting people into his kingdom, into his family, making disciples. We die to that self so that Jesus can raise his new life in us a life of joining him and making disciples. And when we do that, when we give ourselves up to die, he actually gives us ourselves back, purified, made more whole, made more truly ourselves. Our passions get refined. Our gifts get crystallized and they come back to us and we, more alive than ever, partner with Jesus in the new world that he is making now. Jesus has called you in your family, in your work, in your neighborhood, in your generation to make disciples. You are not here for any other reason. The church does not exist for any other reason. There is no other good reason to start a a new church except that one person might meet Jesus and follow him and give their life to helping other people meet him and follow him, to come and see, to come and follow, and to come and die. So where are you on that pathway? Where are you on that pathway? Are you here because you want to come and see what this practice and belief in Jesus is all about? You are safe here. You are welcome here. Maybe you're ready to take a next step in following him. Maybe you're ready to die at a new level to yourself to make Jesus' mission your mission. To make your life about making disciples. That's what we're talking about in this series. So next week, we'll talk about disciple-making parents, that we all need spiritual moms and dads to teach us how to do this, and that we all are called to be spiritual moms and dads to raise other disciple-makers. Then we'll talk about disciple-making partners, because we cannot do this alone. Jesus gathers together a group of disciples to partner together That's what this church is. We're disciple-making partners. And that's what our our groups are and our marriages are and other friendships are, the chance to make disciples together because you can't do it alone. And we'll talk about disciple-making prayer, that this all begins not with our own competency, but with the power of the Spirit, that we can join Jesus in what he's already doing because he's already calling people to follow him. I was thinking about those little name tags that you like peel off and put on. Hello, my name is. Maybe this morning, your step is just to say, hello, my name is 
and I'm a disciple maker. It's who I am. It's who I'm called to be. And before the anxiety about that sets in, before the guilt of of maybe struggles with that in the past, before the devil puts any of those things in to get in the way of the word of Jesus, I want to give you an encouragement that has been encouraging me. Um, Maybe you remember on All Saints Sunday when Father Tak Meng was here visiting from Singapore. He didn't know that many of us as leaders here at City of Light have been studying these passages that we read this morning. He didn't know that we were about to start in this series, but when he got up that morning, he opened his Bible and he asked the Lord, Lord, do you have a word of encouragement that you would give me that I could bring to City of Light? Do you remember what he said? He stood up and said, the Lord told me this this morning, that Jesus is going to teach you to make disciples. That's what Jesus says when he calls his disciples, isn't it? Follow me and I'll teach you to be fishers of people. It's Jesus who teaches us. We don't have to figure it out ourselves. We just have to follow. He said, Jesus will teach you to make disciples. And That afternoon, someone from City of Light was meeting with someone who made a first-time profession of faith. The first fruit of that prophetic word that the Lord gave Father Tachmane. Jesus has been, is, and will teach us to follow him if we give our lives fully to that. Will you pray, Jesus, teach me to make disciples? That is a dangerous prayer because it will cost you your life. But it is one of Jesus' favorite prayers to answer. And I asked Rachel Wasink uh, to come share a story about how the Lord has been answering that prayer in her life. At the end of the summer, I began praying that God would place people in my life that I could pray and study the Bible with. And so I asked some of my close friends and people here to be praying for my disciple making and um, praying that God would just make it really clear who he was calling me to. And um, during this time of asking the Lord who he was calling me to invite, to come and see, to come and follow, to come and die, um, my imagination of what it means to even be a disciple of Jesus was really expanded. Um, And I learned that to partner with Jesus in this work is a gift to me um, and an honor and calling that he's placed on my life. And then God really gently reminded me that he's the good shepherd that knows each one of his sheep. And there's no need for me to worry about bringing God to these people because he's already there. Um, Disciple making is his work and he's the one who saves each one of the sheep. I don't have to save the sheep and I just have to follow him in what he's calling me to. So in my times of prayer and um, as others were praying for me, God continually placed a really dear friend on my heart. So I decided to ask her if she would like to meet and study the Bible with me. And I was really nervous about it and a little stressed out. But as soon as I asked her that, she immediately responded, yes, I've been hoping someone would ask me that. Um, And she went on to explain that she'd felt a draw to scripture, which is something that she'd never felt before. 
and she had no idea where that pull was coming from. So God was already working in her life, and because I prayed, he was able to send me to her. So I was simply joining in in what God was already doing in her life. And then within a week of inviting this friend to um, pray and study the Bible with me, I met a woman at a City of Light event who decided at the very last minute to come because she saw an online ad for it. And we connected and talked throughout the event and were able to meet up that week. And we read the story of Jesus changing the water into wine. And she immediately asked if I could pray for her. Right then, she just wanted prayer, uh, which is something that she'd experienced once before in her life, and she wanted it again. Um, So God was already working in her life. And we've met some more times, and as we've read stories of Jesus' miracles, um, she said to me, I don't have a lot of hope in life because nothing seems to be working out for me. Um, But this tells me that I can put my hope in Jesus, and he'll be there for me. So as I've met with both of these women to simply pray and study the Bible, it hasn't always been easy. Uh, It's hard and unpredictable work, uh, filled with a lot of joys and a lot of challenges. But I keep asking the Lord to send me out and keep partnering with the Holy Spirit in what he's already doing. Um, And as he's answered that prayer person by person, I hope and pray that one day I see these women inviting others into life with Jesus. On this prayer card you have in your bulletin this morning, you see a picture of Jesus, who is our teacher, on the front. And on the back are two questions that I want to invite you to pray. This versions of the Lord, teach me to be a disciple maker question. Jesus, who can I invite to follow you? And Jesus, how can I invite them to follow you? And we as a church are going to take this card and journey with it for the next weeks through our Follow Me series. And I want to encourage you to take this and to pray, to pray through it with your family. When our groups begin in a few weeks, our groups will be praying through this card. When we meet for our disciple-making retreat uh, in a couple Saturdays, we'll be praying through this card. I want you to write down the names that the Lord gives you. You may not have a name right now to write down. The Lord will give you one. It may happen this afternoon. It may happen in a month or two months or three months. The Lord will bring you someone that he loves deeply who needs him. And then at the end of this series, we'll take these cards with the names of people that we're praying for on them. And you'll have a chance, if you want, to bring it forward and just place it here on the altar on a Sunday morning to give this to the Lord, who is the one who works. And then we'll take those for the season of Lent leading up to Holy Week and through beyond Easter Sunday, and we'll hang them up here somehow, so the icon's facing out, so it's confidential, so we can see what we're about we can see this work of prayer that the Lord's inviting us into. Lord, teach me to make disciples. Lord, show me who I can invite to come and see, come and follow, come and die. Lord, show me how.
teach me how to make disciples. I pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.